what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. He's the congressional leader for the Israel United in Christ. Residing in the Grand Canyon state of Arizona, please welcome Captain Yashua to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Quincy. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for taking the time. Now, can you tell my listeners about the IUIC? What is it and what exactly is its mission? Sure. Um, Well, IUIC, it stands for Israel United in Christ. Uh, We're a Bible-based organization. Uh, We were actually founded back in 2003 in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And uh, our goal, simply put, is to change the hearts and minds of our people uh, and have them return back to their true heritage so that they understand. And mind you, I know we speak uh, a lot nowadays as far as color is concerned, you know, colorism being a hot topic type of thing. Uh, So when we say blacks, when we say our people, We're talking about the whole black and brown community, native indigenous people, because we need to be made aware that throughout the world, we all suffer the same racial, social, and economic problems. And um, it stems from disobedience to God's laws. It's been the root of all our problems. And our mission is to go out there and and win the people back to understanding that. And and hopefully, if it be the Lord's will, uh, change their behavior to start making the changes that's required of us as a people. Okay, so how did you get started in the IUIC? Um, you know, interestingly enough, uh, I guess we, we all talk about our testimonies from time to time. Uh, I did not become a part of IUIC until the year 2008. And uh, as I stated, it was formed in 2003. So, you know, our founder is Bishop Nathaniel. Um, he's, uh, he's the leader of our um, organization worldwide. Uh, as we have uh, locations, not just uh, throughout the United States, but uh, globally as well in the islands, uh, congregations in Africa and Europe, uh, based on the ministry work that we've done there. And, um, you know, I was at a point in my life where uh, I was following along with what kind of society had told me I should do, get a good job, you know, pay your bills, build your credit, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, still kind of felt empty following that route, still wondering why things were like they are in the world. You know, and you're talking about 12 years ago now. I mean, I think things have become so much more tumultuous in the world since then, you know, I mean, but even then there were issues and, um, you know, maybe less so because, you know, Barack Obama had just got elected president, you know, not too, not too soon after I had joined and people were feeling like, okay, maybe there's a change coming. And, you know, now you flash forward to all these years later and, 
it seems like, if anything, things are more magnified about what's going on with us, uh, obviously with the Breonna Taylors and the George Floyds, the Fernando Castillos. I mean, the names go on and on and on. And um, I had I had a, a, a unique awareness to this and uh, just kind of feeling empty and not sure. And ironically enough, my cousin had come to me and said, hey, you know, do you know that we're the people of the book, that we're the people of the Bible? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, Native indigenous, so-called African-Americans, including uh, what we would call Haitians and uh, Jamaicans, um, you know, so-called West Indians. He was like, the Bible's about us. I said, come on, man, get out of here. And, uh, you know, he started to show me through the scriptures how, how, you know, the people who the Bible calls the Israelites, that's really the term that they use mostly, um, really the signs that were in there, when you start to think of who in the earth today are those people that can identify with all those afflictions that the, that the Bible says that we would go through, uh, it really only points to one direction, you know, and especially, I mean, I'm sure you're probably aware of the recent headlines with the so-called anti-Semitic remarks of, you know, our brothers like Nick Cannon and, uh, you know, Ice Cube and a lot of these other people and everybody's in an mm-hmm. uproar. They, they're, there's forced apologies about them making very similar statements now. And this is something that was being, you know, taught to me way back in 2008. And, uh, you know, just... Being, I don't like to use the term conscious. Uh, I think sometimes it, it, it creates a, a stereotype when you say, you know, a conscious brother or what have you. And I think about it and I say, I was very aware that despite the illusion of inclusion that we have here, especially in the United States, uh, things really weren't all good for us. And um, it, it kind of left that door open for me to kind of be receptive to this message and um, it just made a lot of sense. And, you know, here I am today now as, as a leader in the organization and, um, you know, having gone on different ministries throughout the world and not just here in the United States, trying to bring this awareness to our people as these things continue to happen. All right. And you said the illusion of inclusion. I'm going to have to use that one one day. I'm going to steal that one from you. <laughs> go I right like ahead. I'm going right ahead. Yep, yep. That's exactly what it is, man. I mean, there's so. Much, I mean, man, we could probably talk for for hours about just the different ways that they've, you know, made treaties. And I mean, from from back with the Emancipation Proclamation, and then the Black Codes, and then the Jim Crow era. Uh, you know, civil rights. But I mean, uh, we often say the mere fact that there has to be Voting Rights Acts and and um, laws about civil rights for us goes to show you that the foundation of this country was never with us in mind. So, you know, something that's crooked, only God can make straight. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, Nick Cannon and, and he, of course, you know, he was in the, he was in the news recently for things that he'd said. And anytime you have something that promotes Black unity, I mean, from Black Lives Matter to, you know, whatever the situation may be, they're gonna be there's going to be some opposition against it. And some people have referred to the IUIC as a hate group. I mean, how would you like to Absolutely. respond to that? Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing that we deal with daily, right? And, you know, by and large, I would say that, that really was pushed out largely by, uh, I'm sure you're probably familiar with them, an organization called the SPLC, right? Um, so the Southern Poverty Law Center. And uh, for some mm-hmm. reason, this private entity that has a very official sounding name uh, has become the expert on, on anything that they deem hate speech, 
or, you know, defamatory speech. And uh, that's really where that comes from. You know, as far as it being referred to a hate group, and, you know, um, Quincy, one of the things we do, we, we always, uh, in the outset, I said we are a Bible-based organization. Um, you might hear me quote some scriptures to bring some, some understanding to, to some of the people to bring, um, to bring this out. I'm going to tell you the biggest reason that we're called a hate group, right, um, is, is because of one of these main scriptures in the Bible. And I'm just going to read this really quickly. Um, in the book of Revelation, uh, the first chapter, the image of Christ, for example. And when you start saying something like what Nick Cannon was saying, what like DeAndre Taylor was saying, what Ice Cube is saying, what many of our, um, our brothers and sisters are starting to get awareness to, that we are the original Hebrews, right? Not, not the uh, imposters that you see today professing to be that way. Um, that makes people very sensitive, especially the people that are in power in the world and have been in power, because that just changes the whole structure of things, right? So let me just read this really quick. Um, in the book of Revelation, right, I'm going to read uh, verse 1 really quickly. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, right, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass, and he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John. Now, if you jump down, right, this tells you that revelation was the revelation of Jesus Christ, the revealing of something, right? Uh, you jump down to verse 13, and it says uh, the vision that John saw was in the midst of the seven candlesticks. And mind you, John was one of the disciples that walked with Christ. And to me, that's mm -hmm. very important to bring out because that means he knew what this man looked like. He knew what this man looked like while he was alive. So when he came to him in spirit, there was a recognition there because we'll read these verses and some people will say that was Christ in his spiritual form. The verses I'm going to read to you now clearly describe a black man. And we get people that will come up to us and make statements like, well, no, that was a spiritual form. Well, first of all, why would he walk the earth white and come back black, right? And then secondly, how did John recognize him if he looked different? So it says here, uh, in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, meaning he recognized him. I saw this guy, and he looked like the Son of Man, meaning Christ, clothed with a garment down to the foot and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. So he had a very royal-looking garment on him. And in verse 14, here is the point. He says, his head and his hairs were white like wool. Who in the earth is known for woolly hair today? You're talking about so-called black people. That's the texture of the hair and the color that is being described. He says, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And this is going into certain prophecies here where it says his eyes were as a flame of fire. He says, and his feet were like unto fine brass. Brass is a brownish color. And he says, not only were they brass, the scriptures say, as if they burned in a furnace. So if you throw anything into an oven, it's going to come out darker. So the furnace is an oven here. So it's telling you Christ was so dark. He was brass, but he was so dark. It was like brass burned in a furnace. And when you lead with something like this to show people, like going all the way back to your original question and why this comes out, why we always have to apologize for these type of statements, but they don't have to apologize for the things that they've said and done to us. When you think about this, it scares them because at higher levels first, they know this truth. And, and when I mean by higher levels, I'm talking about those kind of those movers and shakers at the levels that 
that we don't see that really make the decisions that make the world go round. But your everyday so-called um, Caucasian, your so-called other um, races that are out there that are not our people, they look at this and it's going to upset their norm and the status quo of what they accepted. It makes, it'll make them have to question their dominance in the earth when basically the, the, the biblical Superman, the real Superman, right? Cause that's what Christ was, right? That, and I say Superman very literally because that's kind of what they base that superhero carol on, is in mm-hmm. fact a black man. Because then by extension, that means that these people who you see as nothing, that you see as base things, that you see as animals, that when a simple statement such as black lives matter is made, it makes them uncomfortable and they have to say, well, all lives matter. As if anybody said other life doesn't matter. And, and you look at that and it says, it shakes their norm and their paradigms because they see us as nothing. They see us as killing each other, robbing each other, animals, whatever it is. And to see us as anything more than that and to accept that, they, that the savior that they deem looks like them is not like them, it's going to make them a little fearful to say, well, wait a second, because they know what they've done to us. History has it recorded how they've been with us, how they deal with us, and what they've ever done to us. And it's going to make them take a step back and say, oh, so what do they do? Hate nowadays is the word that's used for censorship. It's used to shut down progress and shut down any type of actions, right? You say that right away, oof, hot topic, don't touch that. We can't say that. All type, and you see it on social media, all types of things, people being banned, shut down for making these type of statements. That's that's very true. The council, council culture is something else these days. And um People are censored a lot for what they say, and like you said, once it's said, then the public apologies come behind it and things of that nature, and that's kind of been the status quo for quite some time now to where um, it is, you know, when people speak their minds that um, there is always going to be some type of backlash behind it for those who don't agree. And Yeah, and you know, it's frustrating, I'm sorry, uh, it's frustrating because no, you see these you see these people that are our people in positions of authority where they have a platform, right? Because, you know, you know, someone like myself, someone like any of us in this organization, yeah, the internet has made it easy for us to maybe have certain avenues, but these people have a following and they're saying something so profound, it's going to get to some of our people and maybe some people are going to start to make that change that we need to make. And then they have to backtrack and apologize. They're like, oh, no, no, we can't let this, we can't let this uh, brother say this. We can't let, you know, this guy say that. We got to go ahead. And, and they threaten their livelihoods. They threaten their, their, you know, what they've done and what they've built. You know, I, I, I can only imagine what the closed-door sessions are like when these guys are probably literally being handed their ass for making such a statement like that. Okay. And so you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we, we well, we were talking about the black community at the moment, and I know you include Brown as well, but I, I want to speak mainly about the black community from what I know. And I want to break down some of the issues that plague the black community. And can you speak on the absence of mainstream positive music and imagery? You know, there's so much going on with, um, what we see on television today and so many stereotypical things that are exposed to children and things of that nature. So can you speak on that and maybe uh, some of the changes that need to be made there? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, well, first off, right, and again, I understand um, certainly because, you know, I at one time saw it a different way as well. Again, we're biblically based, right? And, and the Bible teaches us that part of this crafty counsel that these other nations have taken against us is to use the media against us, right? We know that the conversations are out there, that the media is controlled. Uh, I think uh, there, there was a graphic I saw the other day, like 96% of the world's media is run by like five companies and different subsidies, which means it's not a free press. It's not a free um, medium for things to be brought out. Again, look at the example we just referenced, how people like uh, that have uh, a semblance of a platform speak out and the media jumps all over it, uh, demonizes them, so to speak, and forces them to kind of retract these statements or make these apologies, you know, under the threat of destroying their livelihoods. Um, we understand through the Bible that, see, again, that goes into colorism. When I hear black community, I'm thinking the brown community as well, because part of the problem with the media as well is that those type of things are underreported as well. One thing that's not shown is okay. how much Hispanics also are victims of police crime. One of the major reasons it's, it's underreported is because some of them are afraid of maybe immigration issues. Some of them are afraid of things of being put out. But I say this, it's part of a crafty council to sow division between those two communities. Because I'm going to take you back to obviously the, um, where everybody's aware of the Black Panthers, right? They, they have a certain level of fame uh, right. as they were um, a strong presence during the civil rights era. Less known because of less media coverage were groups like the Brown Berets and the Young Lords, which were compromised. Uh, Brown Berets were compromised of uh, uh, Mexicans. Uh, the Young Lords were compromised of Puerto Ricans. And there is footage and documents of them actually uniting with the Black Panthers to bring that same awareness that the Panthers were trying to bring to what was going on in the so-called black community. So when you look at that from a biblical perspective, we understand, right, that that's part of the agenda to keep us divided. Because I'm sure you're aware of statistics where they talk about the, the type of money the black community spends in, 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 uh, in the yes, economy yes. Um, and, and how, you know, we got to do stuff with our dollars. Now, take another large group of people, because though they say blacks are minority, Hispanics are minority, if you look on a global scale, uh, we're, we're probably the ones that are the majority, right? Uh, but that minority is more than just numbers. It has a lot to do with ruling elect. But you look at that, and if you combine those forces and you put those two groups together, like what was happening in, in, in the era of civil rights, you're going to have a more recognizable force that can stand against the establishment powers that are there. And the media, going back to your thing on the media, that's a tool that, that the government uses, that the so-called, what well, we say so-called white man, the Bible calls the white man uh, Edomites or Esau, right? Just like um, so-called blacks and Hispanics, native indigenous are um, Israelites. And it says that these nations got together and they, cre they had a confederacy to make us divided, to split us apart. And one of the ways they do that is through the lack of the type of coverage of what you see here, dealing with your media question. Let me just bring this scripture real quick, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this point. This is in Psalms, the 83rd chapter, because, see, a lot of pastors, they're not teaching this stuff in their churches. Some people, you know, they say they've read their Bible, but it's one of those things where you can read something, but if you don't read it with the right context, with the right uh, veil that you're looking through, the right looking glass, 
you're going to glaze over these things and not wonder it, uh, uh, what's, what, why it says that. We need to be able to see ourselves in this book. This is Psalms, the 83rd chapter. This is the first verse. It says, keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace and be not still, O God. It says, for lo, thine enemies make a tumult, meaning God has enemies in the earth. And a tumult is basically these uproars, these things that they're putting out there. One of the ways they make a tumult is that cancel culture that we spoke about with the way the media is used today to highlight certain things, to highlight the worst of it. You know, they said by and large, most of these protests were rather peaceful. But what did they show? They showed the worst of it. They showed the rape break-ins. They showed the robberies. They showed that type of behavior. Again, in order to demonize us. And it says, they make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head, because there are people that hate God. And you would say, well, no, that that doesn't make sense, right? I mean, if God is for everybody and, and he has all these blessings, the thing is God is not for everybody. And earlier I mentioned that there's a certain group of people that are in power in the world that they understand this and they know this. So part of their agenda is to keep our people oppressed. It says, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people, meaning God has a certain people and only those people in the earth. And it says, they have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. So it's letting you know that the Israelites in these last days, the world would not know who they are. They would not be accepted. You look at Israel, you look at the Israelis, you look at the so-called Jewish man, everybody accepts that that is the people that the Bible is speaking about. But the Bible says that, no, there are enemies in the earth that they have hid, that these people have been hidden. How? By keeping us divided. The next verse explains that. It says, they have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. It says, for they have consulted together with one consent, they are confederate against thee. And I'm not going to read all the nations that it mentions, but the next verse, it starts with the top nation that was the leader of this confederacy for what some would call a conspiracy. And it says, the tabernacles of Edom, meaning the so-called white man. We understand through our biblical knowledge that Edom or Esau in the Bible is the so-called white man in the earth today. And, and yes, you, you hear people say the white man's the devil. Yes, the white man is the devil that the Bible speaks of. And they are the ones that have been responsible for all our ills, for all our problems. And part of that is the media. The media is driven to create and drive a wedge between us. And they only show us in a negative light. It makes them uncomfortable to see us in positive lights. And let me tell you, when I say media, I don't just think that's the news. That includes television. That includes uh, uh, movies. Right. I mean, if you think about it, Denzel Washington finally won an Academy Award. What was it for? For, for? for basically playing a thugged out cop. Right. I mean, how many more powerful roles did he have? But when he plays a stereotypical role of what they see, then that's when you get some acknowledgement. That's when we can't put out positive imagery about us. They don't accept it. They don't like it. It doesn't do as well. It's not taken as well. I'm sure you've heard of when uh, our brothers and sisters are put in magazines and things, how they airbrush it and lighten their skins for, uh, for the covers of these magazines and things like that yeah. to make them more appealing to other, to other places. This is all part of a, a crafty council, a confederacy that was done against our people. And like I said, part of it is that wedge that to, to, to drive between us. Certainly in the earth, uh, we know the so-called African-Americans as the tribe of Judah, according to the Bible. Uh, and the Bible said they would be the first ones to raise up 
and bring this awareness and this understanding and try to unify the people. And, and this is what's been happening. This is why you, the, the Bible has prophesied that they would be the ones starting that good fight. And, and I can see how a lot of the black community might be a little hesitant to have the brown community involved in there because they're like, well, where are these guys? Because, right, the brown community gets a little white passing privilege depending on the shade, right? So sometimes they get to kind of float along and maybe in some individual circumstances have a little more acceptance. But the bottom line is it's still all that illusion of inclusion and uh, everything that's designed out there is not for us. So let's, we'll, we'll get ready to, to wrap things up, but I want to ask, so how can the, IU, the IUIC help people resolve some of the issues we face with, you know, maybe the reduction of crime um, where we can find relevant news that apply to us and um, the education system. How can the IUIC help resolve all of this? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, that's that's a great question. And, you know, to answer that, you got to look at those things, right? We speak at crime, and what are the, some of the things that, that's kind of um, rampant in our communities, right? Uh, murder, right? Uh, not honoring marriages, not honoring uh, fatherhood and family, right? Theft, right? We're royal people, according to the Bible, but we don't deal with each other royally. We don't deal with each other with, with, with that brotherly love and that measure of respect we do. And I'm talking about by and large, right? Because obviously these things plague us. Yes, there are some instances, right? I mean, we spoke about groups like the Panthers. There's other groups that they do try to unify and do things together. You have to understand something. This is re- they see this as our nature, but it is not our nature. They have made this, right? The Negro, the so-called spick, they were created in a laboratory by the white man. I'm sure you've heard of the Willie Lynch letter, letter and, yes. and, and the psychology behind that, right? And it was about pitting each other against each other so that they could eventually take the chains off of us. And they did this on many levels. They did this by deconstructing the family structure. They did this by deconstructing the brotherhood and the love that we had for each other, by looking for ways to us to create divisions within, within each other where we're killing each other over a pair of J's, right? Or, or because of a word or a look with no compassion for each other, right? Very simply, there's a flood of misinformation out there. We're constantly programmed, right? There's societal norms, and it's all based by our oppressors. Very simply put, the application of these laws is what's going to bring us back to being able to stop and reduce these things. I know it sounds oversimplified, but it starts with us keeping what the Bible calls the royal law. I'm going to read this real quick as well. This is the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, and this is uh, verse 17 and 18. And it says, thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. We have to stop being accepting of of all this extreme liberality that the world says is okay. We have to stop having this hatred in our heart for each other. Verse 18 says, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people meaning we need to deal especially different when it comes to each other, treat each other with a, with, with a higher level of respect and esteem for each other. It says, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the neighbor, clearly, like we read here, it said the children of thy people. It's not saying go out there and start a rebellion against these other so-called nations nowadays, right? That's not our power in the earth. Our power is in unifying and keeping these commandments. Because very simply, right, the Bible says thou shalt not murder. 
if we had any type of respect for our God and did that and to our people, we wouldn't do that. It says, thou shalt not commit adultery. We would, we would maintain our marriages and be good fathers in the household. Thou shalt not steal. All the levels of things that we do unto each other. The other thing that you get out of this, right, I'm going to read two more scriptures because it goes into uh, us resolving all these issues. And again, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I understand for a lot of our people the hesitance with the Bible because it, it was used to browbeat us in, in captivity and slavery. It was used against us so that we can be obedient to it. But you have to understand that that stems from us not being able to read for ourselves in those days. I'm sure you saw a birth of a nation uh, or at least aware of it when it came out, um, yeah. you know, having, having these type of questions and that level of, of consciousness. Um, Nat Turner was known to have understood that our people are the people of the book, which is why he started his rebellion. And, and uh, the, the book is very... Um, uh, I'm sorry, the movie is very subtle in how it displays it. But if you look up history of Nat Turner, Nat Turner is a hero. He was a prophet, right? That just God didn't have it for him to be, to, for it to go more than that based on the prophecies that were in the Bible. But he saw what was going on with our people. Um, and he said, hey, we got to unify. We got to come together and we should be able to defeat these things. But watch this in the book of Daniel. And it said, this is part of the problem why it's so difficult for us. So it's not just the keeping of these laws that'll, that'll have us to reduce crime, reduce those type of things, because this is where they get their laws from, from their understanding of what's wrong and right, is from the Bible, but they won't tell you that. The book of Daniel, the ninth chapter and the seventh verse about the Israelites, right, who are the black, Hispanic, and native indigenous today says, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee. Meaning God is the one that determines what is right and wrong. We can't let these, um, uh, these people out there, a lot of these man-made religions that were actually founded by and large, very largely by Caucasians. For example, one of the religions our people flock to the most is Islam. But little do people know that the founder of Islam was a so-called white man, right? So you see the nation of Islam with some unity there, but it's not the same, and they're not treated and respected the same as so-called um, Arabs in Saudi Arabia and such. But it says, righteousness belongeth unto thee, meaning the God of the Bible is the only one that can really tell us good and, uh, what's right and wrong. It says, but unto us, unto us in the earth in these last days is confusion of faces at as this day, meaning it was in this time and up until this day. To the men of Judah, which are the so-called blacks, all right? And it says, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel, which includes all those, uh, that's that black and brown umbrella that they speak about. It says that are near and that are far off because worldwide we suffer from the same social, economic, the same racist type of issues as a people. It says through all the countries where the Tao has driven them because of their trespass that they have trespassed against me. When we begin to gather ourselves together as one people, unified, but not one people with one ideology, not one people with another ideology, this is where all these other movements have failed because uh, a house divided cannot stand, Christ teaches us in the Bible. And if you don't go in with one singular mission and one singular focus, then all these sins are going to creep up within us. And this is why you have rival gangs. This is why you have all these different things. The book of uh, uh, Zephaniah 2 and 11, I'm going to just read this verse real quick. I'm sorry, 2 and 1 says, gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation not desired. That nation not desired 
is us in the earth. We can't be nothing except the stereotype. We can't do nothing except the stereotype. We try to bring awareness to our plight and say black lives matter, and they ridicule that and say, well, all lives matter. We cannot have a platform. We cannot have a stage unless it's shucking and jiving and cooling the way they want us to. So when we come together and we unite as one people under this standard, this banner of the Bible as Israelites and start to keep these commandments, we'll do better with each other. We'll love our neighbor as ourselves. We won't have hatred. We won't grudge against each other. And if we can stop fighting each other, then we can focus our eyes on the mission to what God requires of us so that we can get what's coming to us, which is our crowns and our rulership when Christ returns and brings the kingdom of heaven down here to Europe. All right. Well, okay, so where can people get in contact with, with you or the, learn more about the IUIC? Where can they find you online? Absolutely. Actually, every congregation that we have throughout the, uh, throughout the world uh, is listed on our website. So IsraelUnite.org. That's IsraelUnite.org. And uh, if you go there, not only do we have a list of uh, everywhere we have locations and congregations and contact people, uh, we have a deeper breakdown if people want to learn more. Um, they can learn more about their history, their heritage, uh, topics that are relevant to us today. Um, we have a, a radio, a web, an internet radio station uh, where we, we're doing righteous biblical music, um, music videos with our people. Pretty soon we're going to have internet TV. We're going to be on platforms like Roku and um, Amazon and things like that where people can get this information at their leisure 24-7. Uh, but IsraelUnite.org, they can drop down and see if there's a congregation near them. And if not, they can simply just contact whatever the closest one is. So if it's a state over, a city over, and we have things in place to get them learning, get them involved, even if they can't be there physically. Well, Captain, I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And uh, give you a little round of applause there. And I appreciate you, made very, that. you made some very strong statements. And, you know, of course, things like that will make a lot of people uncomfortable. However, the very reason I created this show was to give people a platform to speak their truths because I feel like some things just need to be said. And we learn and grow from listening to the perspective of, of, of others. And I appreciate your contributions today. I really do. And I hope that we can both, you know, one day see the huge improvement in these communities that we've discussed this evening. Yeah, well, I have faith that we will. The Bible's prophesied that so, and it may not be all of us, but there's a set number of us that are going to see that, and it will happen, and it will happen. We just got to keep pushing and striving, and that's what motivates all of us here at, at IUIC, uh, so that we can see the fruition of the love of our people manifested in, in us really showing out as the kings that we are. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.